So if you were paying attention over the Easter weekend, you saw that there was a very big severe threat going on. And what ended up occurring out of this is a tornado outbreak. And so we're going to talk about some of those and what the big players were and why this all happened on this episode of the EF show. So we're going to talk about uh, a few tornadoes, some of them. We're going to talk about the very severe ones. We're going to talk about a very rare circumstance involving Soso and Laurel, uh, Mississippi. And we're also going to look at what all is going on with what happened, you know, after that. Why did it continue on so long? And we're looking and tornado warnings that were issued this is of the weather channels uh, model of this from april 12th and through april 13th so from 7 a.m to 7 a.m uh, 7 a.m starting on sunday to 7 a.m on monday we had 141 tornado warnings so we saw a big track uh, starting out near Shreveport, and then we saw it track across Louisiana, all the way across Mississippi, and then starting to turn north at the Mississippi line up through Birmingham, all the way into Tennessee. And then we did see some lines of some longer track tornadoes across really uh, kind of a northeast from the corner of Louisiana, all the way up through the southeastern part of Mississippi into Alabama continuing later on into the Carolinas. We also did see a long track tornado warning uh, system moving through southern Georgia. So that is a very big thing that we are going to look at is that there were 141 warnings and there were, I believe, 46 tornadoes. And so that is a big thing as going on. The highest uh, rating of them was an EF4. And so we're going to talk about what the EF4 was, what all happened with it, and it, how crazy this all was. So we saw three days before on the three-day outlook a moderate threat. And when you see that, that means there is going to be an outbreak. You never see a moderate threat. You see an enhanced threat, but that is when there's going to be tornadoes. When you see a moderate, that is meaning something's going to be bad three days out. When it's that far out, you know something's going to be bad. So everything was setting up for around uh, Mississippi, Alabama, and parts of Louisiana for the big tornadoes. So everyone was planning for that and everything, but it was crazy looking at the radar models of this. And we had, uh, early in the day, um, we had these big storms starting to develop across parts of Louisiana. And some of these storms, a great example, is one that was in the mid-afternoon time um, near Clinton, east or west of Jackson, pardon me, uh, west of Jackson, had a hook developing on it and every system around it also had a hook developing on it but that was a later in the day example now there were some that were a lot earlier in the day and we see these uh, right around one was one o'clock was a big one we saw one in the morning hour too we saw it around uh, 11 ish we saw one with some rotation in it but the big players there were gonna be in the afternoon so we saw a first wave going through in the morning through Texas and that's where the Texas had its tornadoes at was the night before Easter and then Easter morning but our big key was what was gonna happen the next day so we go to like really Sunday 530 ish and we see a system develop near uh, Laurel Mississippi and it's, uh, it was passing through Collins at roughly 5.30. And it, what happened is it went between Collins and Seminary. And this tornado on radar was massive. It was a storm with a hook on it. It was classic signature. But it was such a big influential uh, part of the system that we actually saw rain and wind and debris get pulled out in front of it as a lot of the radar models had shown uh, 
previously we were against these big tornadoes. But what occurred after was a big kind of a look at what these big tornadoes had. And what a lot of them had in common is there was this something that formed out in front of them. You could tell that was going to be the wall cloud. But what happened is that kind of recycled back in and actually strengthened the tornado. So the one that uh, formed between Collins and Seminary, the tornado warning was put out through uh, Hindelberg, all the way out through Sanders, Ellieville, and Laurel. But on the north part of that warning, there was Soso, Mississippi. And Soso was about to take a direct hit. The system, the tornado warnings, had shown that the system was going to move east-northeast, so more to the east than going to the north. But the tornado was tracking northeast, so that put Soso, rather than Laurel, directly in the path of this tornado. And Soso was about to get destroyed. So on radar, you can see that there is a pink dot in the middle of the tornado signature there and that is something that is going to show us there's a hole in the middle of that there is a big tornado right there and looking at all of the velocity models and everything we see these very big amounts of the blue and red hitting each other and normally green and red mean there's that rotation right there is likely to be a funnel of some of some sorts well, looking at this when you see that kind of that orange and then to that dark blue you see you are on the very um, extreme. So you have extremely heavy wind coming into the radar site and extremely heavy winds heading out. So whenever you have those extremely, uh, really windy uh, storms, now this is not your normal storm where you're just seeing, okay, we have 15, 20 mile per hour winds. We are seeing these wind gusts up to 60, 70, even 80 mile per hour in some of these storms. So when we see these, I believe the two readings were about... Uh, I believe it was 70 going in and then it was 65 coming out. So whenever those two hit and they're hitting at an angle that the system was moving in, they're going to rotate. And right in the middle of that, we could see that there was some purple on the velocity and that is not good because when you see that, you just have to check the correlation coefficient. And whenever you check the correlation coefficient, this was three minutes before it entered so-so, so at 542 we see a 2.4 mile wide debris ball. So I use this as a kind of a system to use on radar scope. You can use that kind of radius to see how far it is, and it was 2.4 miles. Now what this means is over the scan that it went 2.4 miles. So what could have happened is that this tornado was lofting debris thousands of feet in the air and then debris was traveling that far, or what could have happened is is that the tornado was actually that wide, which would make it, I believe, one of the widest tornadoes in history. So we would have to check and see what all is going on with that. So really the big factor there was we have this huge tornado, probably an EF5, heading in, and it is moving quite quickly. So we see this hook on radar. We see it still forming, and it's going right towards so-so. So at 548 is where we go ahead and start checking on the storm behind it because we notice that there is actually another tornado warning and what's about to happen is the worst case scenario for the areas of so-so uh, kind of that area south of Taylorsville and parts of Collins Seminary and Laurel the worst thing possible another tornado 
So at 546, we look and we see that there is another signature back, uh, I believe it was 10 miles west of Bassfield and then 10 miles south of uh, Prentice. And what is about to occur is a second large tornado. And so we have the system that is forming two tornadoes. And they are both heading in the same direction. At the time, the second tornado was going to go further north. It looked like it was going to be a direct hit on Taylorsville. But as it went on, we see about 5.50, we see a scan, or 5.52, that a tornado has hit right in the middle of Soso. And the, the destruction in that area looked like an EF-5. Now, there were still some buildings that were partially standing, so that is why this tornado was the strongest of the day, was given an EF-4 rating. So it was not an EF-5, it was an EF-4, because it did not completely wipe out everything. So at 5.52, Right in the middle of Soso, a massive tornado hits. Uh, predictions, uh, I haven't seen what the exact number is right now, but the predictions are it was about a mile to a mile and a half wide whenever it hit. So it was about as wide as the actual town. So we are checking velocity, and we see this just absolutely massive tornado hitting through. It still had the two-ish mile de debris ball that we could see through there, and that was just a horrifying thing to see. While looking back towards Prentice and Bassville, we see about a mile-wide debris ball associated with that other tornado. So then we started looking at precipitation mode and seeing what all had happened. And as you see, there is a gigantic precipitation, kind of a donut, right over Soso. That is definitely showing us that there was a massive tornado at that time. So then everybody was focused on Soso. And a little bit later, after the whole thing had happened, uh, Connor uh, McCrory had posted on Twitter a huge destructive tornado in Soso, Mississippi right now, and there is a picture of this tornado, and the entire sky in front of him on the highway, from the left part of the screen just about to the right, is just a massive kind of a lowering in the clouds, but it looks like that could be just some rain. Nope, that thing was the whole tornado, and this thing was absolutely massive. You could see the wall cloud out in front of the picture, and then to the left, we see that we see that definition of that tornado going down, and on the right, we can see a little bit of that sky at the very bottom, but what that's leading to is the middle of that tornado, and so this thing was absolutely massive. We had storm chasers all over this, so Soso was taking a direct hit, and these two tornadoes were 41.6 miles apart at the time of the uh, scan at 618. So the entire time they were staying about 40 miles, but the maximum they went apart was 41 miles. So a storm that was moving close to 50 miles per hour, we saw these storms hitting the same exact place within 20 to, 20 to 40 minutes of each other in some cases. So for Soso's case, we had seen it. the first tornado move through and move north of uh, Heidelberg, and then we see the one moving between Col uh, north of Collins, and it was moving towards the north part of Soso. We would see this second tornado hit the northern part of Soso in about 20 minutes. So watching the radar, it was absolutely nuts. And we saw, even towards Little Rock, we saw absolutely massive amounts of rotation along the squall lines. We saw storms moving in five minutes. We saw them moving 20 to 
30 miles. And so we see this crazy amount of uh, wind that is happening at once. And we see this rotation, especially near Birmingham a little bit later, we saw couplets along the same line. And that's the big story about this, is that we had tornado after tornado hitting uh, similar areas. And going back through and looking at all the radar uh, scope things I took off of this, we are seeing that these rotations were rapid. They came up out of nowhere, and then they built really quickly. And that's what happens when we have a very active and unstable atmosphere. We had a lot of cape in this situation. So that's what allows all of that. But really, really focusing on what was going on, there was on radar a big tornado. So I believe it was in uh, Louisiana, a bigger tornado, that you can actually see it recycling. So a big thing about recycling is a storm can have a tornado, then it will kind of dissipate and die out. Well, then that energy will recycle. And what will end up happening is we will see it actually feed the energy back through. And whenever that energy is fed back through, it rebuilds the rotation and another tornado can be formed. And I believe the same thing happened in Louisiana. So looking at all this, we see these massive pictures of these tornadoes. There are massive tornadoes in these photos. And that photo was taken right about, uh, I believe it was 6 o'clock, or no, it was 5.57 was the time that that was posted. And it was right in front. We had storm chasers all, all over this. But the big thing about this was there was a second one coming. So you almost couldn't have enough time to rebuild all of, or not rebuild, but you know go back in and think about what had happened and then help the people in so-so because 41 miles away, there was another one hitting right for you. So all over the day, we saw these crazy events going on with this. And looking back over what happened in the night hours, so going back through, let's start talking about Texas all the way up through North Carolina into Virginia. So Saturday night, we saw a tornado warning in Texas, and then we saw tornadoes all the night Saturday entering Louisiana, and Sunday morning, the very early morning hours, we saw that storm train all the way from Shreveport to Birmingham. And so we see this over hundreds of miles as one tornado system moving over hundreds of miles across Mississippi and continued and went to Birmingham. And I believe that was the same tornado that around 3 or 4 p.m. on, uh, or no, you know, it was 5 or 6 p.m. hit the northern part of Birmingham. I believe there was a tornado there too. And we see these big tornadoes happening and they said that there were going to be a few long track ones. We saw one that was like a hundred and some miles in southern Georgia. We see ones that are 50 miles in central Georgia and then we see some that were like 20 to 30 miles in Alabama. But looking at the sheer length of this entire system, we see a storm that had developed in Texas uh, at the night before, we'll just say 10 p.m. and it traveled clear until 4 p.m. the next day all the way up in Tennessee. But as you can see, the entire track of this system was traveling east-northeast. And then as we went into the night hours, we saw a shift um, after 6 p.m. with northerly winds. And we see these kind of pushing from the south, and they are pushing to the north. And you can tell this, uh, you could see this, with what's going on in Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Tennessee. After all these storms went through, 
we see a kind of a shift where we see tornado warnings not going to the east. We see them going to the north. And that is a really good representation after all of this of what happened. We see this shift pushing to the north. And that led to a resurgence of extra strong storms that occurred across uh, central Georgia and into South Carolina. And that's going to allow the same storms that passed through Greenville and Columbia to develop uh, the tornado warnings up in the rally. So we see all of this and it, it's definitely an outbreak. We see this across the south and it's april so this is the really the first outbreak of tornado season we see this big time system and we see these tornadoes that developed and we saw ones that traveled the so-so tornado i believe tracked almost 100 miles so looking at it that meant that it went from the it went from really the mississippi river all the way to Alabama, and once it crossed into Alabama, it is the same storm system that developed across Birmingham. So that is something that we're going to have to look at, and it's going to be fascinating to see all of the models in the future is what all occurred with this, because we had temperatures in the 70s and 80s, super high dew points, and it was off the bat going to be a bad day, but the amount of tornado warnings is huge, and we see some longer tornado warnings. So we see in like Georgia some shorter ones that are a few miles, but looking from the system that went from Shreveport all the way up to Tennessee, we see tornado warnings that have covered 20 to 30, even 40 miles at a time. So these are some big tornado warnings. That was a, that was a good combination from the National Weather Service of having kind of that chain link tornado warning effect. There's only a few times where a tornado warning was gapped, where there was a gap in that chain. And that was a good thing because it had everybody on their toes being prepared. And I think it saved lives because there were quite a few deaths that had occurred with this outbreak. But a big thing was a lot of people were prepared ahead of time, seeing what had happened in the state prior. So it's crazy to see what all had happened with this. And even looking back at some of the velocity models, I'd say our weakest tornado on radar was an EF0. And looking at that, that was some that was one of the ones where there was just red and blue touching each other. You see red and green, and generally when those two on velocity are there, there's gonna be either a rotation, a funnel, a wall cloud, or a tornado. With this, our weakest one that I was able to find at the time we had that we had like that, that kind of 50 mile per hour wind and we had a 50 mile per hour wind that was our weakest one we didn't have any that were like 15 to 20 and then it built up we didn't have any of those weaker reds and greens we had red and blue or we had kind of orange and green we never had any of these weaker rotations we had some broad rotations that developed weak rotations but what had happened is down the line that developed into a big system so that is something that we're going to be fascinated to see what the results are of it. But truly, we had three systems going through. We had the first one that passed through the morning time, uh, through the south. Then we had the middle of the afternoon one that led to the so-so tornado. And then we see the one that ha passed through Little Rock. And that was our overnight threat that led to the development of tornadoes across parts of uh, Virginia. And so that that's what allowed uh, or tornado warnings across parts of Virginia, tornadoes across parts of North Carolina. So seeing all that, we had energy being fed from three different sources at once. So that's what's going to allow these long tracks. And it's going to be fascinating, again, to see these tornado tracks and just how long they lasted. But our first, going back to the first tornado warning that had happened uh, that involved so-so 
that first tornado, I looked at where they had put the warnings out whenever the second one had formed. Uh, that was west of Collins, that second tornado. And the tornado warning stretched for 82.3 miles. And that allowed for some big time warning ahead of time. And that was great because we see a tornado on the ground, we warn as far out as possible. And it made a lot of sense. And it helped a lot of these people that were affected later to not be in the place. They'd either left or they weren't out. And that, another great thing is with this coronavirus, everybody's at home. So we all were able to see what was going on and be prepared. So I think a great combination of all this allowed people people to just be safe overall. But we did see some little couplet rotations that had occurred along some lines. One of them was in uh, Pakuda. We saw a little couplet that had formed two rotations that ended up being a tornado that passed to the east of there. And so that was a big that was a big time player was what happened with couplets along lines and those ended up taking the whole storm and forming them into a supercell. So it's fascinating to see all of this because it, it was a really busy day for the forecasters, but looking at live models of what happened, it's something we only see once in a while. So it's a great thing we got data, but it's a horrible thing that it happened on this, especially on Easter, but that it happened and you know that's just a precursor for what's going to happen this entire tornado season. We could see these outbreaks occur a whole lot. And if we see outbreaks occurring, we've had a lot this year already occur. We've had tornadoes uh, early as January. We saw them in February, March, and here we are in April. We've had two potential outbreaks, one actual outbreak. So if that's leading up to anything here in here at the end of April and the beginning of May, that is going to have a very busy May for us. We're going to have a very busy May, and we're going to see some very big tornadoes. So that's just all good to prepare for and check out. So that does it for this episode. We just wanted to cover everything that had happened with this outbreak because it was crazy. Who would have expected this occurring in the middle of April, especially on Easter? So that's just going to show us what's going on with this entire tornado season. So if anything, that allows us to be able to prepare and be ready for what is coming next. So have your safe spot ready. So that does it for today. We hope you join us for our forecasts or EDU videos in the next EF show that comes out. Um, in the next one, we're probably going to be talking about uh, some of the models, and we might even be talking about in the EDUs uh, what donut holes on radars are at. So make sure you check us out for that, because that is going to be a very interesting episode as we see uh, what radar models versus velocity models are showing on reflectivity. So we hope to see you next time, and have a great day.